Today's scripture reading is from the book of Genesis, the second chapter, and the 18th verse. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. This is the word of the Lord. So getting into uh, our sermon this morning, we want to start by recapping last week. And so up here you can see, uh, take off these glasses, I can see far, far away, past me, I'm following your footsteps. I'm going to be up here on and off. I, amen. So recapping last week, we see God's plan, purpose, and instruction. God didn't need man, but he chose man. Let me say that again. God didn't need man, but he chose man. A lot of times we live as if we're entitled or we deserve this, this place of, um, of serving people and, and preaching or singing. We deserve it. Like, it's our right. But God says, no, I chose you to sing. I chose you to preach. It's not your right. It's what I want you to do. It's not about you. God specifically—oh, I don't want to get ahead of myself. It's a privilege and an honor to work for God, not a right. God specifically calls out what we are not to eat. One point is so that to let us know that Eden existed. Last week, Pastor Me shared that part of the reason that it talked about Eden, that it was a real place, and it shared with us these details of this garden, is just to really show us that it was a real place. Sometimes we get real hard, like, what does it mean, Garden of Eden? Why is God sharing this, this place and this, these rivers? Why? Because it was a real place. And so that lets us know that it was there, and Adam and Eve, he was preparing a place for them. God really, 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 really loves us. I put seven on there because that's a, a biblical number, a holy number number of completion. I don't know what that means, but I mean, I, I know that I was born on the seventh day. I don't, maybe that, I don't know. Amen. Amen. But just saying, and then my daughter, she was born on the seventh. I don't know. Amen. Um, but God's love is one of those things that you don't miss until you don't have it. <clears throat> I know that you guys can kind of, you know, maybe agree with me. Sometimes when you know you feel that absence because you are living a certain way. You're living anti-God, and you know you shouldn't be doing some of the things you're doing, and you miss God's presence, and you want it back. It's not, oh, I, I hate that feeling. I hate that feeling. But glory be to Christ who died for our sins, that we may get back in fellowship with God. Amen? What we call love really isn't love. That, that hit home, Pastor Mitch, when you said that last week. A lot of things that we call love isn't really love. We don't know. He said, I don't know what it is, but it's not love. We just say, you know, it's just, oh, that's, yeah, that's love. I love that person. Do you? Um, it takes real love in order to do what God did and is doing for us. Um, work is not the curse. Work is a blessing. And I, I preached on ble- understanding that the blessing, that, that responsibility is a blessing. Working is a, is a blessing. And we can look at it as a burden, so we have to change that perspective. Uh, learning and understanding are experiential. When I thought about that, and you shared that last week, Pastor, I thought about how when I pray for patience, like, Lord, I want to be patient, right? And then I work with kids, and then I have to display that patience. 
when kids are being disobedient and not listening, and you have to call them into your office and say, how many times do I have to tell you, right? So God puts us in situations to display those things. So when we're saying, Lord, I want to I wanna love, I want to be able to love unconditionally, and then he gives you that spouse that gets on your nerves, right? Right? And then you're like, oh, you know what? I forgot I prayed to love unconditionally. Amen. My, I'm not talking about me and my wife. She, I'm that person. Lord, she, amen. Y'all pray for her. Y'all pray for her. Um, God gave a clear choice, and God is still giving a clear choice today. Then he talked about indecision will get you caught up, not making a decision. We could be stuck on standstill. Like, I want to I wanna, I wanna go to the barbecue, Derek. Right? But, I, but I, I can't, I don't, I'm stuck. I don't know if I want to go, if I don't want to go. So being, uh, being indecisive will get you caught up. Then he says that not only the indecision, but you have the capacity within you to choose wisely. God gives us the Holy Spirit. He is inside of us. Gives us the ability to make the right choices. He is inside of us. I know it's hard because sometimes we make things more difficult than they have to be. It's either yes or no. I'm going to go or I'm not going to go. You know, I'm going to sin or I'm not going to sin. Sometimes we make it more complicated. We start to think about it. Well, just like Eve in the garden. Well, did God really? I mean, he did say, but I don't know. Because the fruit does look good. I am hungry. And God wants to make sure that I eat. He doesn't want me to be starving. So we start to justify and rationalize why we make the choices that we make. But the overall point is that God gave choices. God gave choices. My young folks, like E40 said, everybody got choices. Some of y'all, okay, it's not a lot of young people. Kyron, maybe you're the only one. Can I get an amen over there? My, my young people. So just let me put this disclaimer out here. This is the pre turn up. This is the pre, not the turning up, Pastor. You got to drop the I-N-G. This is the pre-turn up. Not the pre-turning up, but the pre-turn up. Amen. Um, Pastor, you don't know how many times I had to reel it back in because I was getting ahead of myself. You, you gave me verse 18. I was, I was in verse 20. I'm like, I got I to gotta reel it back in. I, I wanted to go so bad. I'm like, ooh, that's good, but I can't. I got to be obedient. I got to listen. I, I don't want to get a whooping. Amen? So I had to listen. So in other words, this is a teaser sermon. So you got to stay, come next week to get the rest of it. So setting the mood scriptures, Ecclesiastes 4.9 says two are better than one. All right, so I want to set the mood for you because we're about to get into some, some deep stuff. So I want to set the, set the mood. So two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, mm, they will keep warm. I mean, I thought about that when I was reading. I was like, Lord, I remembered sometimes when my wife not around last night. I, I couldn't sleep. She wasn't there. I tried to try to be like, no. I she asked me, do you miss me? Or I'm trying to be a man. I'm, no, I'm all right. I'm okay. I'm good. But I was a little lonely, right? Two lie down. Keep warm. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three stands, strands is not easily broken. First Peter 5, 8, be alert and of a sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Scriptures continued, 
Uh, we have Ephesians 5.22, it says, Wives, submit, to yourself, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do the Lord. Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Colossians 3.19, Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh to them. Colossians 3.18, Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as it is fitting with the Lord. 1 Peter 3 and 7 says, Husbands, in the same way be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as the heirs with you of this gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. When I thought about that, I thought about how so many times in my life I was praying for things and saying, Lord, I want you to bless me. I want you to do this and I'm at odds with my wife. I'm praying for things and saying, Lord, bless me. And God's like, um, you need to get it together on this level first. You need to go ask for forgiveness. You need to go make things right so that I can hear your prayers. So today we have our intro. It's for my young P. Kyron. I was thinking about you when I, when I wrote the sermon. Amen. Intro to Adam's side chick. Intro to Adam's side chick. See, a lot of, see, let me explain this real quick. A lot of people in today's time, a lot of men think that, you know, I, I got to have my woman, but I also got to have me a side chick. I need that side, you know, the things that my wife don't do, I need uh, that side woman who's going to come and help me and assist me. And so, and I thought about that, I was like, wow, God, this was the original side chick. This, was a, this is all we need. God says, this is all we need. The original side chick, Eve. So getting into our text today, it says Genesis 2, 18. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a suitable helper for him. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. As I thought about the text and God saying that it's not good for man to be alone, and this is the God of the, the, the personal, the relation, the covenantal God saying that it's not good for man to be alone. Some of you may have noticed that the scriptures I shared emphasize marriage because we're about to get into marriage. What God, what God designed as marriage. God is slowly and carefully unfolding his design for marriage. The, or, uh, the origins of the original side chick, woman, lady. That's for, for me, my definition. So ladies, don't be offended when if I say chick, that's for me, this is my definition. It's equal with lady or woman. All right, so getting into this, we see our God is always focused on the best thing. Not the, you know, not what feels good or tastes good or looks good, but he's focused on the best thing for us. The best thing for us. And here we see the best thing for man is to not be alone. We get to see God unfolding this deep, holy, blessed, sacred, beautiful, uh, sacred, divine union between man and woman. Because it is not good for man to be alone. For the first time after all of creation, God says there's something that's not good. We go back to all the verses. He says, I created the stars. It's good. The waters and the streams and the grass and the trees, it's good. Then we get here to this verse, fast forward into Genesis 2, 18, and God says, it is not 
good for man to be alone. God acknowledges that we need to have fellowship with him, but also with humans as well. This is not to say that every person needs to be married. Everyone spends many of their years, a lot of us spend time where we're single with, without anyone, by ourselves. But God has called, and, and God has even called some of us into singleness. 1 Corinthians 7, 7 through 9, Paul says that, I wish that all of you were like me, single, so that you would have more time for the gospel. But we see here in Genesis, God says that it's not good for man to be alone. This also does not imply that marriage will meet all of our needs of companionship. Just because you're married doesn't mean that everything's going to be good. I made the mistake of hopping in and saying, oh, you know what, I, I'm just going to get married because everything, all my trouble's going to go away. No, it didn't happen. God has a, a, a deeper call for our lives. Not to get ahead of myself, but God allowed Adam to feel that need for his helper, his partner, his companion, his boo, his lover, his side chick. So I don't want to get ahead of myself, but as we, in the future verses, we'll see that Adam named some animals, and he was like, hmm, we're going to call this one elephant. Yep, uh-huh. Okay, we're going to call this one giraffe. Yeah, that's a, good, that's a good name. And he was naming these animals, and then at the end he said, you know what? It's nobody for me. And so when I was looking at these studies in the shed, that one of the reasons that, or the, one of the reasons they felt that God allowed Adam to name these animals and he didn't create Eve simultaneously is because he wanted Adam to feel the need for his helper. You see, there's something about when, again, when you don't have something and when you finally get it, you uh, will appreciate it a lot more. Right? So Adam didn't have his helpmate, and so he was looking and it's like, man, look at the bears, look at the two bears, look at mama and papa bear, they're out there chilling. Having a good time. Look at, the, the, look at that. Oh my gosh, it's so amazing. And he was walking around with his, he didn't have no pockets on, but he was just <laughs> out there. He didn't have no pockets. He was naked, just to let y'all know. He was out there like, hmm, dang, everybody has a little, little helper. Looking around, that's nobody for me. So I, I believe that, I, I truly believe that. God said, you know what? I'm going to let Adam go through this motion by himself. And then he's going to think, wow, I would, I would appreciate a helper. I love how mom and papa bear out there chilling, little cubs around. That looks, that looks beautiful. I would love that. So this transitions us into our part B of the text. As we get into part B of our text, I was reminded, uh, reminded when Pastor Meek says that we often resist or reject the things that God creates in our lives. We often resist or reject the things that God creates in our lives. For, uh, as we, again, I, I told you, Pastor, I kept having to reel it in. Not trying to, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but there's going to come a time where Adam's like, ah, it's not my fault, Lord. It's what you gave me. That's the reason I, I, I failed. That's the reason I, I, I can't handle this. That's the reason I made this mistake. And so in our lives, sometimes we can reject or resist the things that God has made for us. And so as I was, as I was looking at that, I said, wow, how many times in my life have I rejected or resisted uh, the things that God is trying to do in my life? And often I share with you guys that the calling to preach. Lord, I don't want it, but this is the best thing for you, Nathan. I, I don't want it, God. 
I, I want you to work with young people, but they get on my nerves sometimes. Lord, this is, this is the best thing for you. This is where I want you to be. And so sometimes we can resist what God is doing in our lives. But getting into this, he says that I will make a helper suitable for him, for Adam. Our all-knowing God, all-knowing God, here it continues to show that he knows what is best and says, I will make a suitable helper for him. The word help, the word help often used in this form is a form of a, like distress or a, for military assistance. And so when I thought about that, I said, wow, this shows that the, the point of the, uh, the matter is that husbands need or even sometimes can depend on their wives. They, they need them to assist them. And I thought about as men, sometimes we get into that man zone. I don't, I don't need nobody. I'm going to do this all by myself. And then we end up hurting ourselves or people around us get hurt because we're too prideful. That's why the Bible says pride comes before the fall. The sooner, the, the moment we get to puffing out our chest and I got this, I don't need anybody, that's a lie. That's a, a flat out lie. God is constantly telling us, even as, not just beyond Adam and Eve, as Christians, I've met so many Christians who say, I don't need to go to church. I don't need to go to the, the church where it's all those hypocrites and backbiters and gossips. And I thought about this and said, wow, how are you doing by yourself? How are you doing by yourself? You're just as miserable, lonely, frustrated and mad with everybody. Because God intended for us, Christians, believers, to be together, to be able to fight the enemy together. There's power in numbers. When we talk about the Bible or, or Christians, the church, I heard Kiana say earlier, we thank you for this church. She wasn't talking about the walls. She was talking about the people. Lord, we thank you for these people, the, the body of Christ, right? The arms, where his eyes, his hands, his mouth, his feet. The, the, the body, so we are not supposed to be in isolation. Isolation is the devil's playground. Isolation is the devil's playground. I shared with you guys before is that when I was watching the Discovery Channel, I seen that, you know, the lions, when they were, they were hunting, they were out there hunting, and the deers, they were out there in, in, in the Sahara, they were out there eating grass and chilling. And so the lions were looking like, oh, oh, oh I'm going to get them, I'm going to get them. As soon as he's not paying attention, it was one that just wandered off by itself. It's out there, skating around. <laughs> it was one that was just, you know, doing his own thing. You know, some of us, that Christian, they're like, I, I got this. I don't need nobody. I'm going to do it on my own. And I noticed that everybody, all the other antelope and that, that were together would look up. And hey, hey Tanisha, watch, watch out. Hey, watch, watch your back. Just letting you know it's a lion over there. But the one that was by itself, that didn't have nobody watching his back. And so I seen the antelope, he got further and further away from the pack. I don't know what you call a group of antelope. I don't know if it's a pack or whatever, but it was a group. And when they got, he got further and further away, I seen the, 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 the lions were creeping, creeping. And as soon as it got too far away, they pounced and they took off. After the antelope was going and it was, help, somebody help me. Help me, please, help me. Poor little antelope. May God rest his soul. Oh, it didn't make it. That's what happens to us when we stray away from God. 
and we stray away from the, the group, the believers, the body of Christ. When we get away, we get away, from, we get away from those who are praying for us, who are lifting us up, who are holding us accountable. We got to stop resisting what God has created for us, start appreciating it. So when I, I looked at this, I will make a suitable helper for him that points to the fact that the husband needs and even depends on his wife for support. But we also need to remember that Paul's words that it says that man was not created for woman's sake, but woman for man's sake. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brothers, woman was made for us, our, our wives, one woman. A- amen. Amen. Some brothers are like, hey, I, brother, yeah, all these women were made for me. No, no, reel it in. Your wife was made for you. Your, your, your one original side chick, just that one. Amen. Eve was created for Adam. I was reminded of those, um, I don't know why, Pastor, but I was reminded of those old Ford commercials. It was like built Ford tough. And I was watching the commercials. I, I actually got on YouTube and I started looking at them. And they talked about how uh, they had these other trucks, Silverado, Chevy, and uh, Dodge. And they were out there competing, Dodge, uh, Dodge and Chevy. And then Ford walked on the scene, right, and just destroyed both of the trucks. And I thought about how in our lives we can be wrestling with different things. And God says, no, I got something better for you. And for me, it, it, it was my wife. Like you out there wrestling with Chevy and Dodge, I got something better for you. Something perfect for you. Right? And so that's, and that, that's sometimes that's the issue. We, Lord, I don't, I don't want that. I, I, I don't want that. But this is what's best for you. And so we have to always be prayed up and, 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 and in tune with God because he's constantly speaking to us and saying, this is what's best for you. This is what's best for you. God in his infinite wisdom is thinking Adam is all out there thinking that this is all I have for him. After he named Adam, this is, this is it. He, Adam's like, man, I don't have nobody for me. But you know our God, he shows out. He shows out. Use your spiritual imagination and walk with me. God clears his throat <clears throat> and says, out of the rib, and I'm not going to go too far, Pastor, but he says, out of the rib, I'm going to form this most beautiful creature ever. She will have the form of man, but she will be more feminine and delicate like a rose. I, that's all I can give you. I got, you got to tune in for Pastor Meeks next week. I can't go beyond but just think about that. God takes this, 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 this woman from the, the man's side and says, I'm going to for, form something perfect for you. Mm. See, this is just a glimpse, so I can't get ahead of myself. But a suitable helper, shout out to uh, Bible Org. If you guys see this, I get a little, little plug right there. Uh, they have some awesome readings, and I was reading this story, and it talked about labels and uh, labels on things that you purchase and looking at the manufacturer's manual. And so we're talking about the suitable helper. And I thought about the many times I purchased devices and products and failed to uh, see the fine print. You know that print that says like some assembly required? 
I thought about all the times I bought things, and even my wife would say, well, this is not, you know this is not what you wanted, right? And I'm like, oh, I just, I just grabbed it, paid for it, and I threw the receipt away. Like, I don't, and she's like, where's the receipt? I don't but, you know, women, again, that suitable helper, she says, it's okay. Target has a policy. I go up there as long as you have your ID. Oh, okay. Glory to God for that suitable helpmate. Because we, uh, men, I, and I know there's times where we, I bought things. I, I could do this. I don't need to look at the manufacturer. Man, I got this. It gets to part, part C, D, E, and you connect, and it's like, can I get some help? I need, I need a little assistance. So I, and I was read, So I was reading this. And it's the same with marriage today. We dive in and realize that we have to do some assembly. We have to do some work. God is the manufacturer of marriage, and attached to this marriage is the label that says, much assembly required. A lot of work required. But sometimes we just, I I wish I would have seen this before, so that, help me, Lord, that that, amen, be careful, treading on waters. I wish that I would have seen this before so that I would be a lot better at this husband thing. Let's just put it like that. Had I known there was much assembly, you know, much assembly required, I would have fasted a little bit more. I would have prayed a little bit more. I would have went into a way, uh, a lot more marriage uh, uh, counseling sessions and all these different things just to prepare myself, right? Because a lot of times we hop into things, we hop into these things and we're just blind. We don't read the manual, we don't, we don't look at the instructions, we don't even talk. It's like when we get a car, you got a BMW, you're not going to take it to Chevy. Why? Because they don't make BMWs. You might go there and they put something on you like, why my car is it's tripping, it's and then you talk to the mechanic, like, well, look, man, I, I, I work on Chevys. You brought me your BMW. I don't really, I don't know that. That's foreign. That's foreign to me. And so the same thing with marriage. And I, 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 again, God is slowly unveiling what marriage, what marriage is and what it looks like. And it, it's beautiful and it's sacred. It's holy. And so, but before we get to that, a lot of times, again, if, had I seen this, it's much simply required. And so we hop into these things in our lives and we just say, you know, I, I'm, I'm just going to do it. Or we hop into marriages, relationships, because I, I'm tired of being lonely. Then you hop into a man, you're just as lonely. If not more lonely, like, I got a body in this house, and I'm still lonely. I don't understand. God's saying, look, that, that's because, again, before Adam got his side chick, he was walking and spending time with God. So in our lives today, we need to be walking and fellowshipping with God before we go hop in a relationship. Because, again, we'll do more damage to ourselves and to the person that we marry because we're doing things selfishly. We, I, I don't know how many times I forged God's signature on things. I forged God's signature on relationships. Like, Lord, this is... This is, this is the one. I, I, I know it. So just, just being honest, I, um, my wife and, um, and she knows, I thought the one before was the one. And God says, um, that's, that's not for you. And I said, no, yes, it is, God. 
I'm telling God, yes, it is, God. This is who I want to be with. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm going to sign your name right here on the cosign because my credit was a little bad. I'm going to need a cosigner. But I, ho- I hopped in this relationship and then began to see like, uh-oh, Lord, I done made a mistake. You're right. This is not the one for me. And God's like, I, I told you. I'm, j- I'm just God. I'm sorry. I- I'm just God. I know what's best for you. But again, we hop into things and we get ahead of God and God's like, slow down. That's why I so I, I appreciate pastor. Even in, in, in my role as the youth pastor at City Church, and me and my wife, and I, I, went, I, I told this story to my wife. We were going through some things and I, I came home and I told her, I said, Pastor Meeks wants me to be the youth pastor at City Church. She said, what? Does he not know what's going on? I said, I told him. I, I told him. I was trying. I said, Lord, Pastor, this is, you don't want me. I'm jacked up. And, and Pastor, quiet, you're going to be all right. What? That's all you have to say? You're going to be all right. So just uh, join us. And the next, the next week, I had this print out, my responsibility. I'm like, I didn't even say yes. I said, he asked me. I said, I'm going to talk to Eric. And next week, all I know is I got responsibility that says, youth, Pastor, that youth pastor. Well, uh, okay. God was saying, this is the best thing for you. One of the reasons I'm going to put you as a youth pastor is because I need you to be held accountable. Because people are watching you, you're going to act a little different. You're not going to behave like you would behave if you didn't have no responsibility. So a lot of times in our lives as Christians, we don't want responsibility because we don't want people, want people looking at our lives. It's like, Lord, I, I could, I would go over and do the men's group, but uh, you know, you know how I, <laughs> I'm doing my own thing right now, you know. And God's like, no, I, I need you to do this because I need to grow you up. I need to mature you. And so in our lives, we see that God is preparing Adam for his helpmate. But he had to spend some time alone with God before he sent his woman. Because he knows, Pastor, he knows how we get. You, just like when you saw Sister Meeks, she was, Woo! Hallelujah! <laughs> Woo, that's the one! For a minute, you lost track of God. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. This, woo Sister Meeks. You know, so he knows how we get. So he's like, I need to, you need to spend some time with me so you can control yourself. Because if Adam would have just seen Eve, he would have got down to all them animals and said, oh, good, come on, wife, we're gone. He would have been into the sunset. God would have, Adam, Adam, come back. I, I wasn't finished yet. I just, okay. That's what we do in our lives. God is constantly trying to prepare us. He's preparing us for things in our lives, for jobs, relationships. Right? That's why we, before we get our license, we do some practice. We don't just, unless you me. Again, see, y'all got to pray for me. I'm going to give you an example of why you just don't get ahead of God and why you need to wait. And I'm a, as I come to a close, I, I, I bought a motorcycle in 2007. I bought a motorcycle in 2007, brand new. Didn't know how to ro- ride a motorcycle at all. <laughs> Never been on one. So I thought it would be a great idea to get a, 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 a motorbike first, learn how to ride. So I went and got a motorbike. But let me tell you this. Let me share, share something. This is what the devil will do. 
I thought this was a sign from God. Somebody, I'm going to help somebody right now. I went to buy a car. I was trying to be responsible. I went to buy a car. They told me, no, your credit's not good enough. So I said, okay, all right. The car, what did I want? It was 13000 I said, okay. They didn't, they didn't approve me. I went to this, this motorcycle spot. I was driving home. And you know how the devil is. He's like, hey, look over here. And I looked. I said, are those motorcycles? Okay. <laughs> mind you, mind you, I was in a car. I had a car that was paid off. It was given to me. I didn't need a car, right? So I'm driving in my car that just paid off. That looks nice. And I pull into this bike spot. And I ask them, I say, yeah, well, I'm trying to look at a, a motorbike. Again, I got to play the rule. Like, yeah, man, I'm looking for not something, something not too fast, you know, just to start off a little bit so I could get on these tracks and be out here. And the guy's just bigging me up like, yeah, man, we're going to go out here. We're going to get you this little bike. And so he said, well, how's your credit? I said, I don't know. And I, mind you, I had just been denied. I said, oh, it's all right. It's okay. It's all right. So I went, I went in there. He ran my credit. And he says, man, you got approved for 13000 13000 So immediately what I should have did and say, you know what? I'm going to wait. I'm going to go home and pray, meditate, <laughs> fast. I didn't. I said 13000 And I said, how much do I have to put down? Nothing. I don't have to put anything down? Okay. So I said, well, I want this one. Got this motorcycle. My helpmate. This is why we both got to be prayed up. My helpmate came and picked me and this bike up in her employer's vehicle, this big old van. And so we, I'm shoving this thing in, in here in his back in the back of this van. I, I, I couldn't drive it home because I didn't know how. So as I get it out the van, I'm driving, and, and I finally I started up, and so now I'm like, yeah. I didn't ask the guy, like, how do I clutch, you know, gas? So I'm, this is how we do. We get ahead of God. Who I'm about to jump myself, and I took off. The bike went up the tree. I said, Lord. I need to take this thing back. <laughs> that didn't stop. So it doesn't end there. This is, this is, this is real life. This, I want you to, Kyron, I want you guys, Derek, learn from me, right? So I thought it would be a good idea to take this thing back. And so now I have, this bike was about 2,500. So I said, well, now I know how to ride a little bit after it went into the tree. I know how to ride a little bit. So I go back and I say, you know what? I really, oh, I'm sorry, I, I skipped a part. The next day, after the tree wasn't good enough, I drove it down the street. Derek, it's a dirt bike. It's not supposed to be on the street. So I turned the corner, bike slides from under me. I'm like, Lord, what is going on? I didn't even see, I'm not seeing the signs. The guy's like, it goes into a tree, I almost died. It could have went into the street. I stay off 24, it could have been bad. Accidents everywhere. I didn't have insurance. I would have been like, oh my God. So I didn't learn from that. I drive it the next day. I turn the corner, it slides right from under me. I hop back on, I said, man, I don't know what's going on. I, I turn another corner, it slides from under me. I talked to somebody, they said, well, does a dirt bike. It's not supposed to be on cement. I was like, oh. <laughs> the guy should have told me before he let me buy this bike. So I take it back. I go to another person and say, hey, man, I'm looking at buying a bike. He had a bike. So I, he has a bike. He's a little bit older than me, got his stuff together, you know. Got some money in his savings. Not me. He got money in it. So I'm going to this guy who got his stuff together. And I says, look, man, I want a bike like you. No, but I want, a, I want a street bike. So I get this street bike. I end up getting me a Yamaha. Um, it was a Yamaha YZ2650. And so I'm like, yeah, that's the one. I look at it. I'm walking it to the, uh, to the exit. And I'm like, I don't know how to ride this thing home. 
So I had to call my coworker. I said, hey, B, I just got a uh, bike. Can you uh, come get it for me? He said, what? I said, I just bought a bike. I need you to come get it. Because I don't have my license either. So, just. so I, 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 he comes, he gets this bike. We get it to the house. He's showing me little things on how to drive it. So okay, so I'm driving this bike. Again, this is about getting ahead of God. And so finally I get it. So then I now what do I have to do? Get my license. I go up to DMV, never study or anything. I go into DMV, take this test. I miss it by two. With a motorcycle, you don't have to wait two weeks if you fail. So I'm like, I'm going to go right back in again. This guy came out. He gave me his test. I looked at it, memorized it real good. So, oh, you know, cheat a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Went back in there, passed. Got my t- uh, temporary permit. I was gone. Couldn't be out between 12 and 5 a.m. So people, after 12 a.m., people were like, I, I got to go. It's 11.45. I got to go home before. If I get pulled over, it's bad. So mind you, and I don't get on the freeway, so I got to take the back streets everywhere because it's too dangerous. So I'm on this bike. Everything is good. I finally start seeing the signs that I shouldn't have this bike. One is I'm riding the bike very slowly into the barbershop on 24th Street, trying to front in front of everybody. <laughs> Everybody know Nate here, vroom, vroom. the bike falls over. Everybody is looking. That's not the bad part. The bad part is I couldn't lift it up. I'm sitting here, the oil is leaking out my bike. I'm like, brother hops out, hey, you need some help, please. So we lift this bike up. I put my kickstick down, uh, kickstick down, I look down, I said, Lord, I think, I think you try to show me something. Maybe, maybe you don't want me to have this bike. But that was enough. So I started it up. I left for work that day. I was going down Floor Road. I hit about, maybe about 60 miles per hour. Now I slowed down. I said, ooh, that's kind of fast. This big rig came past me and blew me over like this. I was like, <laughs> it went past and my bike went like this. The next day I sold it. I said, this, I got, this thing got to go. I parked it, never picked it up again. Going 40 miles per hour, a big rig went past me on Floor Road and it kind of blew me. I said, ooh, just imagine if I would have failed. My elbow skin would have been gone. This Lord, this is not of you. <laughs> so just like God <laughs> with Adam, he had to spend some time with God to really, you know, really get to know God and, and just, you know, get in, in that presence. God wants to be in our lives. He wants to prepare so, things so that we don't go out and make stupid choices like I did. So I, I hope that you guys learn from that and that, understanding that our, and God sends us this helper Right? Because now, when I'm about to make a stupid decision like that, I'm like, babe, I'm about to, I'm about to, and then she just looks, I'm like, I'm never mind. I'm not about to do anything. I thought I was going to go down there. And, and so we have to, God puts, he's uh, preparing Adam for this helper who's going to come along, and she'll be able to aid him. Right? But we know what happens, but she's there to, to help. And so God puts this in this story to show us that this is what the best thing for a man is to not be alone. It's good to have a, a, a helper with you as you're going through hard times. But if you're not married yet, there's some, that time while you're single, this is the time where you need to be spending it and praying and worshiping it and praising God with all your free and spare time to just, Lord, I appreciate you for who you are by yourself, by myself. Because God knows that sometimes if he gives us something, we'll replace him with that thing. We'll say, oh, well, you know, I, I can't do, Lord, I can't come to ministry because I have to take some of me and my, my boo, we got a date. Or I, I, I got to go over here, I got to help them. And God said, look, I need, I'm trying to prepare you right now by yourself, just me and you. Focus. Focus right now. So that whenever I send you whatever, 
you'll be okay. You won't get the creations, right? You won't get the creations mixed with the creator. And that's what, what, what we do as, as, as humans. We are so, all the time, we will take creation and we'll grab it and we're like, I worship this thing. I, whatever it is. I, and Apple, I had, to, I had to start like, me and Apple, I was like, that's that forbidden fruit. That's why, you see, there's a bite right here. This is what, rep, that's what it represents right there, Brother Derek. So Apple product, that's that forbidden fruit. You got to be careful because it easily could turn into idolatry. I gotta have an iPhone, I gotta have an iPad, I gotta have an iPod, iPad, all these different things. I gotta have it. I gotta have an iMac. Why do you need an iMac? You have a MacBook. I don't know. I just need to have it. I don't, can't even explain it. So we have to be careful in our lives because God knows what's best for us. And so what's best for man is for man not to be alone. And so Adam, I mean, for God creates this suitable helpmate named Eve. You gotta tune in next week for the rest. Amen? Amen. Amen.